Welcome to the High Hopes Initiative Podcast. Here's your host, Ian Roth. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the High Hopes Initiative Podcast. I'm so glad that you are joining me, that you're taking time out of your day to tune in to my podcast. Thank you so much. It means the world to me. So for December, I think you guys remember that I'm now doing a um, an episode release every week, so a little bit different than what I've been doing since I started this podcast in July of this year, which is the 1st and the 15th. So this is, um, you know, it's December. I think this is episode number three in December, episode number 16 overall, trying to finish the year strong and, you know, go into January, hopefully being able to do more podcast episodes than just twice a month. Not making any promises, but, you know, that's the goal. I'm going to try to do more than twice a month. Maybe we'll just go up to three a month. That's uh, that's an improvement, right? But this episode is going to be called Droning On. And why do I say that? Well, there's a couple of reasons. There's not really a specific topic to talk about today. So uh, there will be a little bit of droning on about just random things that come to mind. And one of the things that is in my mind a lot lately are drones. Yeah, that's right, drones. I don't know if where you're living, you see a lot of them, you you know hear about them often. I know out on the West Coast, they're a lot bigger than in the Midwest or on the East Coast, at least from my perspective. So, you know, something I've been, I've been flying drones ever since I think 2015 or so. And, you know, I just really, really fell in love with being able to fly around, take aerial pictures. And, you know, drones do so much more than that now. And there's just so many more uses besides aerial photography, aerial videography. They are becoming quite useful in the agricultural industry they're becoming very prevalent and useful in the construction site monitoring and mapping industries also. So I'm just going to talk about some of the uses that you may or may not know of uh, in the drone industry. And, you know, this might be extremely boring to you. And by all means, I, I am so happy that you made it this far into the episode. But uh, if this sounds extremely boring to you, feel free to turn off the episode no hard feelings, I promise, and we'll try again next episode. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to talk about drones for as long as I can here, hopefully less than 30 minutes, and yeah, we'll see where it goes. So perhaps the most commonly perceived use of drones is for aerial photography, for aerial videography. And, you know, just think of how cool it is to be able to get pictures while you're standing on the ground, you know, and but pictures from maybe all the way up to 400 feet in the air of your property, of you and your friends, of cool events that you go to. I mean, how cool is that? Just think of, you know, movie sets, how back in, you know, even as, as long ago as the 90s, really not too long ago, but any type of cinematic aerial shots, it was a cameraman in a harness hanging out of a helicopter with like a camera on his shoulder. And now you can send up a little remote-controlled drone that is about five pounds or less and get the same, if not even better, closer, more intimate aerial shots. I mean, how cool is that? You're not having someone hang out of a helicopter. You're just standing on the ground with your remote to the drone, and you're able to see all sorts of cool stuff. So um, really, really cool for the 
film and video industry. And, you know, moving on to just like the still pictures that you can take. I mean, what kind of say, you know, out West, this is pretty big. Um, it's moving on to just the still photographs. I mean, you can, if you're a realtor and want some great aerial pictures showcasing a property you listed, or, you know, maybe there's a very good lot at the property that you listed, you can grab some aerial pictures or, you know, drones are so small and so affordable now. If you're going on a vacation with your family to the lake or something like that, you can take the drone with you and take some shots while you're out on the inner tube or out on a boat or something like that. So for recreational purposes and for the videography and and photography purposes, drones are so much more cost effective and oftentimes a lot safer safer than using fixed wing or rotary wing manned aircrafts to capture those pictures. Moving on to the agricultural industry, something that near and dear to my heart, you're able to put a variety of different sensors onto your drone that sense different bands, different wavelengths of light. And by flying over your crops, your plants, your fields, your vineyards, you're able to really actually and scientifically judge the health of your crops and your plants that you have in your field at that given time. So instead of maybe treating your whole entire field, maybe you have 100 acres, and instead of treating your 100 acres entirely with a pesticide or fertilizer, you're able to see in, you know, from a 30-minute drone uh, plant health scan that you only have maybe two or three problem areas in your field and those are the only areas that you need to hit with your fertilizer or pesticide. So instead of spraying the 100 acres, you're maybe just spraying 20 acres. And while I'm not a farmer and don't have the most accurate up-to-date knowledge of the of the cost of fertilizers and pesticides, I can only imagine that treating, you know, 100 acres with those things is going to be extremely pricey and if you're able to take that 100 acres down to 20 acres, that'll be a significant cost savings. And, you know, all it really cost you was your drone doing a 30-minute map scan or maybe paying $500 for someone to do that for you. So I can see, would you rather pay a drone pilot $500 to get those scans of your crops or would you rather pay maybe $5,000 to unnecessarily treat spray, fertilize your whole entire field when you didn't really need to. So really, really cool. Uh, There's a variety of sensors that you can put on your drones. I'm not going to bore you too much with that because I'll just start geeking out and go off into left field in a tangent. And then any, any listeners that I've ever had on this podcast will never, ever listen to me again. So I will just speak this one point, I promise, and then I'll be over. But multispectral imaging is really how you do this from a drone. So you can have basically one sensor units on a drone that has maybe four, five, six different kind of sensors on the unit. And each kind, each one of these sensors is reading a different wavelength of light. And then uh, there's a couple different software programs, one being PIX4D, the other one being Drone Deploy where it takes all these images, all these maps, all these hundreds of pictures that your drone takes uh, when you program it and it flies autonomously by itself, compiles it into an awesome map and takes these algorithms and makes like these plant health indexes with reading the different wavelengths of light 
and all that good stuff. So it's where I'll stop. I just think it is absolutely fascinating. And I think that, hear me now, you know, this is December of 2019. I think in the next three to five years, you will see drones being used on almost every farmer's field in the country. I mean, our country was founded on agriculture. Our, our country, I mean, really became a superpower and such an economic powerhouse because of our agricultural industry, which then in turn led us to the industrial revolution when we started, you know, industrializing things and, and then manufacturing after that. But we wouldn't have gotten there. We wouldn't have gotten through and gotten up to the industrial revolution if we would not have first been a strong agricultural powerhouse at the beginning. So drones in agriculture, be on the lookout three to five years, you'll see them everywhere. And then, you know, just another another uh, use for drones that I want to hit on and something that I really didn't know existed and I think is still up and coming. So it's not really too prevalent right now, but drones for mapping. You can use, again, different types of sensors. Uh, the one that comes to mind is RTK. It's called, I think, real-time kinematic where you can have this sensor on, on this drone. You can be flying at 300 feet above the ground. You're shooting some sort of signal to the ground and taking pictures at the same time. And you can have up to two centimeters of accuracy for the mapping and the pictures you're taking. I mean, how absolutely crazy is that? You don't have to necessarily hire a surveyor anymore to come out, walk your land, with all those funky, you know, contraptions that we see when we're driving down the road, surveyors doing like, what the heck's he doing? I don't know. Looks, looks weird to me. You can have a drone fly again, very quickly because it's flying at 300 feet or so above you. And it's going at about 20 miles an hour, um, have accuracy up to two centimeters. I mean, two centimeters, that is so small and you can get that kind of, you know, map making, detail from a drone. And I think even the more expensive sensors that you can put on drones for these purposes can do like one centimeter or less, which just absolutely blows my mind. But um, again, you can use different software. I think Pix4D has a mapping uh, software. I think Drone Deploy also has one. There's a a plethora of of other ones out there. But uh, the cool thing about both the agricultural mapping and, you know, this kind of surveying mapping is you know there's usually an app on your phone or some sort of some sort of software. Uh, you you open it up. You actually maybe even get a Google image, and then you start drawing uh, lines on the Google map or the map that's displayed for where you want your drone to fly. You program it in there. Program the altitude the drone will be at. Program the the overlap, the percentage of overlap from which the pictures will be taking as the drone is flying. And you load it in there, you hit start, and your drone automatically lifts off, goes to the altitude you set it to, and just starts flying back and forth taking pictures. It is absolutely amazing. It is just like the coolest thing. I remember the first time I did it, I was um, doing some crop scanning, some soybean crop scannings for a buddy's father-in-law. Yeah, father-in-law. He had about several different fields of soybeans, and... We did one of his fields was 30 acres, and I think it took me it took me like eight minutes to do with my drone. I mean, how crazy is that? Eight minutes, 30 acres. I mean, he would have had to like walk back and forth for hours and hours, I would think, if he wanted to get that kind of detail 
and those kind of pictures to see his soybeans. And it took me eight minutes and, you know, maybe 30 minutes for the images to load and process and then spit out the, the cool map that it made. So again, all autonomously, all I had to do was have a drone and have this software available. And, you know, I just hit the execute button, drone took off, flew and got this awesome map. So again, I think drones are going to be the future for, for agriculture. They're going to be the future for surveying and mapping and, um, another use that I think will come to fruition is for things like search and rescue. So, uh, there's a couple different drone manufacturers who make infrared cameras to put on the drone. So if you're searching for someone and maybe some at night in some dense underbrush, you know, maybe under a canopy of trees, you're able to fly overhead, look around with your camera. And if you see a heat signature, you're more easily able to identify a human body and then can, you know, kind of pinpoint a lost person in the woods or, you know, even, I don't know, maybe a convict who escaped prison running around trying to evade the law. And then, you know, just going from that even into law enforcement, I've uh, just on LinkedIn, I've seen several police departments, a lot, most of them in California, I think LAPD, I think uh, Las Vegas uh, PD, and, you know, a couple other ones in California are actually deploying drones to assess um, car accident scenes or crime scenes where, um, you know, they can get a drone, get some aerial footage for evidence purposes, just giving the investigators a different perspective on the crime scene that, you know, maybe they wouldn't get in the first place. Just, I mean, it, it is truly amazing, folks, seeing things from like 100, 200, 300 feet in the air. It, it is just like looking at a whole new world almost. It is so cool. And it just opens, like opens your mind to a whole new possibility and whole new possibilities of, of things that you can do. So uh, law enforcement, another great, another great uh, field for which drones can be used. And I think we'll end on this one. But if you've seen anything about drones, my guess is you've probably heard about this one. But drone racing has become a pretty neat hobby. And, you know, it's really cool. You can get these... Uh, these FPV, which stand for first person viewer glasses, like you put on your on your head, kind of like Ready Player One, where it's like you're in virtual reality or something, and then you're flying around and you have this thing strapped to your head, and it's like you are the drone navigating through obstacles, doing backflips. Uh, there's all these kinds of acrobatic things that you can do with some of these high end racing acrobatic drones. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can race them. Some of these things go up to like 80, 90 miles an hour, believe it or not. And, you know, racing obstacle courses, and it is, it is quite an art to be able to manage and fly these things with the degree of precision required for some of these obstacle courses. I mean, the margin for error when you're going that fast with something so little is extremely, extremely small. So I mean, these people are very, very skilled pilots and, you know, their hand-eye coordination is, you know, way above mine. I've been playing video games for a very long time and I can tell you flying a drone, something that reacts to the wind, other elements in real life is different than playing a video game. That, that much I can tell you. And these, these pilots are extremely skilled and able to do all these crazy maneuvers and, you know, it's really becoming a sport uh, nowadays. So I think... Like, uh, remember those, those Red Bull, uh, like races that we used to see with people flying planes, doing all these crazy things. I kind of see the drone racing field evolving 
into that. So I think in the next five years or so, we'll see more drone racing on TV, maybe even like an ESPN thing, ESPN2 or maybe ESPN the Ocho, if you guys know what that, that reference is. But yeah, drone racing, the whole first-person view thing for drones, extremely uh, popular, catching on right now. I think we're going to see a lot more of it. Well, uh, yeah, this, is, this wraps up my droning on episode. I just wanted to kind of, I guess, talk about drones. Really didn't have anything specific in mind, but just how much I, I like drones. And, you know, I've, like I said, I've been flying them for a few years. I'm looking to upgrade my DJI, DJI Phantom 3 into the G, DJI Mavic 2 Pro in the next little bit here. So going from a 1080p camera up to a 4K camera that can do uh, 30 frames per second video. And uh, with the OcuSync 2.0 that it has, it's able to be like five miles away from where I'm standing with the controller. So I can like send it five miles out and back and still have complete control of the thing. Absolutely crazy. Five miles away. I mean, what five miles away. Just imagine the possibilities for like, what you can do from five miles away, even for something I didn't mention, drone delivery. I wish I could go back and insert this part into uh, like where I was talking about the uses for drones, but drone delivery is going to be something I would say in the next two years. I think FedEx already got approval from the FAA to start doing it, uh, doing drone delivery or at least testing it out. And I think in the next two years, this will be like, common. I think Amazon is going to hop on board. And I think with Amazon's two day delivery, they're going to be like the pioneer of drone delivery because it's all about their culture of being customer obsessed. And it's just going to get the, the, uh, the goods to the customers even quicker than before. And hopefully they have a, a need for drone pilots and start hiring drone pilots. That would be outstanding. But, uh, Anyway, I'll try for the second time to wrap this episode up. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I just kind of wanted to talk about a hobby and a passion of mine, flying drones. If you like flying drones, please reach out and tell me about it on LinkedIn or leave a comment under Apple Podcasts or Spotify because, believe it or not, I have a hard time finding people that like drones as much as I do. I know, extremely hard to believe. What do you know? But yeah, hope you like this episode, kind of not about leadership, not about really anything serious. Just want to let you know a little bit more about me, about something I really enjoy doing, and you know, hope that makes me in some way a little bit more relatable, even though it might just show that I'm a, a big nerd after all. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Check me out on highhopesinitiative.com if you want to ask me a question or send me an email. My email address is ian, I-A-N at highhopesinitiative.com. Thanks again, and I'll see you guys later.